All right, everyone, we made it. It's the NCA tournament this week. The selection show dropped Sunday. We recorded this on a Sunday night. Our first reaction to Indiana and their draw, the Big Ten, what are their chances of having a Final Four team? And we give our Final Four picks, upset thoughts, and a champion. Nate and Andy Dickerson, who's making his first appearance on the pod, are with me to break it all down. Should be a great week ahead. Welcome to the NCAA Tournament Reaction Podcast, uh, recording this Sunday night of the NCAA Tournament Draw. Very exciting, a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, Joining me once again, we did this last year for the first time, was uh, Nate Conroy. Uh, We had a lot of good stuff on last year's pod, so I hope we can uh, can do it uh, another year, right? Oh, most definitely. Like I said, I've been uh, super excited for today. I'm uh, super excited for this week. Um, this is one of the best weeks of uh, the sports year. So, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to get rolling. And making his debut, fellow Hoosier fan, Andy Dickerson. Andy, welcome. First timer. Uh, excited to be here, I hope. I'm very excited. I feel like I've taken a time machine from Hillsdale College, Sigma Chi House, when I first met you, Phil. <laughs> and uh, we taught college basketball some, uh, I don't want to say 20 years ago, but it's probably getting close to that. It is close. Um, and now we're here on a podcast. Right. So yeah. I feel surprised because I listen to lots of podcasts and now I actually get to be on one. So yeah, I'm psyched up just like Nate. Yeah. Strange, strange times. And I, th- I think the last time I saw you in person was, was Nate's wedding, which was a good, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, Nate. I Michael Jackson passed away. I remember yes, that. It was, <laughs> yes, it was. It, uh, yeah, he did the day before. That's right. For you history yeah, buffs he, out there. He got stage to you a little bit there. What the hell? Was back, in, uh, back in uh, 12, 12 plus years ago. That's right. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Shout out, MJ. Um <laughs> Yeah, guys, and, and trying to upstage us tonight, Tom Brady unretiring as I'm trying to get stuff ready and, and, and information ready for this podcast, and he has to unretire and come back after, what, a month away, not even a month away. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes in Tampa. Uh, I, I thought he might come back for the 49ers, actually. So this, Yeah, that's what I was nervous about. I'm, I'm a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, and um, I'm just looking at – who the best teams are going to be. So I feel like a Tampa Bay team that's a year or two past its peak moment when they won the championship is less scary than a Niners team that was has everything you could want outside a quarterback. So I'm just happy it's for Tampa Bay. If he's going to come back and play, cool. I'm just glad it's not the Niners because that would be terrifying. Guys, the Indiana Hoosiers, we, we, we had a bit of a roller coaster season, a fairly solid start to the season, even the early – conference schedule went, uh, you know, fairly on schedule. We had a real rough end of January, most of February. And then, and then there, here we are, um, you know, Thursday, we're down 17 to Michigan with about 12 minutes to go. And I'm like, well, here we go again, same story, different coach, different players. It doesn't matter. And then the, the flip got switched and 
they they made a run that I've I've not seen as a Hoosier fan. Maybe you guys can remember something close to it, uh, some parallel to something like this. But I've seen these runs in an Indiana game, but it's it's we're always on the wrong end. Um, and then they they basically parlayed that into a huge win against Illinois, which we can kind of look back and say that 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 actually got them in the tournament. I didn't think at the time they had to win that game, but it turns out they probably had to. Um, and, and unfortunately, Jordan Bohan ended our uh, ended our run, tore out our soul uh, on Saturday. We could talk about that. But so here we are waiting during the selection show, and then we get to the final region. I'm like, really? Do you have to do this? Uh, you know, it's, it's been so long since we've been in the tournament. Now we got to wait a little longer. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I was a little surprised that that we got the draw we did as far as being in the play-in game, technically one of the last two teams in along with my Wyoming. Uh, Andy, your thoughts on, I guess, IU's run here the last couple of days and their tournament draw. Well, in the moment, I was gutted that we got picked for Dayton because I thought by any advanced metric you looked at, we were traditionally more in line with a 10 seed or even an 11 seed. But it just makes you wonder if the committee, it's such a cumbersome process to pick the teams if, the preconception of IU, which you summed up nicely at the beginning as being this team that you know lost a lot of close games. We blew a couple big leads to Wisconsin and Iowa. If that perception was so set in that it's like, oh, they won two games in the Big Ten tournament. Okay, fine, we'll put them in. Um, so I was disappointed in that, but I, get, I think the way you summarize it is you go, if you would have asked any Hoosier fan a week ago, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be in Dayton, but you're going to be in it. We, we all would have taken it. We all would have taken it, let alone down 17 yeah. on Thursday against Michigan. So, uh, right. so on the one hand, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but I'm just happy to be in the field. And I think Wyoming was a team. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the, the bubble watch, but a lot of people didn't think they deserved to make it, or if they were going to make it, they were going to barely make it. And you look at their metrics and um, they, they like to shoot two pointers. They like to score on the inside. I think it's uh, Maldonado is their big point guard who likes to post up. They've only got one three-point shooter who's who's worth worth a hoot. Um, I think we match up well because IU is one of the best in the country at defending the two-point shot. Against threes, we're more vulnerable, as Iowa proved. So if we're going to play a team, may as well play a team that likes to score it inside. Um, so I don't like playing Tuesday, but I like the opponent. And I think one thing we guys got to remember about our, our core here is these guys never played in the NCAA tournament. And it felt like they finally gained confidence in themselves in close games just this past weekend in the, in the Big Ten tournament. But you could still have first-game jitters. Why not have first-game jitters against a Wyoming team that maybe shouldn't have been in it? And so if you win, now all of a sudden you play confident again against St. Mary's. So I, I'm talking myself into it, as I think all <laughs> hardcore sports fans do this time of year. Um, but I, overall, I'm encouraged. I'm just pleased to be in the bracket. We haven't felt this feeling since 2016. So, yeah, that's it's well put. Great, great early scouting report on Wyoming. Um, I, I think you reframed that feeling really well of okay, now I'm kind of frustrated we're in the play in. But yeah, go back, go back to Thursday, go back to Wednesday last week. We would have taken any spot in the tournament. And I think the good news is. Remember last year, UCLA, they're they're down in the playing game. And they're, I mean, they had like a 9%. They could have lost chance. to Michigan State. Yeah, they had a yeah. 9% chance at one point of winning that game. They somehow win. And then they go on the run, of course, uh, that they did. So 
I think the play, like the playing game is it presents an interesting opportunity because like I told Nate before we went live, if they can't beat the fourth best team from the WAC, then we're not, we're not that good anyways. Um, so this is a game we absolutely should win, gain a little bit more momentum, a little more confidence, and then go into a team, uh, play, play a team uh, from the West Coast Conference that, again, has, has a pretty weak schedule other than Gonzaga. I don't want to look ahead too much. But um, Nate, as far as how I use playing, what they've been doing differently – uh, Xavier Johnson's been a total game changer the last five or six games. Um, we saw Trace Jackson Davis in the Big Ten tournament that I really hadn't seen just the way he played, the, the aggressiveness, but also how smart he was against, you know, like guys like Kofi Cokeburn on Friday, a guy that had, you know, size and athleticism. Usually that's his nemesis. He really just showed me something different. Um, race is playing, you know, his usual solid self. I guess what what do you think they need to continue doing to con, you know to continue the momentum that they've built up here? Well, um, those three guys that you pointed out, that's kind of like been the three headed monster here as of late. You know, if I was a coach trying to neutralize Indiana, it starts with Trace Jackson Davis. He's he's the guy. You know, they run a lot of that four out stuff and throw it down in there to him. Stopping him is easier said than done, as you saw against uh, especially Illinois. And then he had a great game um, against Iowa. Xavier Johnson is kind of the 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 on on floor leader. Obviously, as your point guard, he's touching it every time. His last ten games have been exceptional, distributing the ball, knocking down some shots once in a while, and he's getting into the getting into the paint and making pretty good decisions with it, which you have to have uh, from your point guard. Race is steady most games. Um, you know, 10 and eight, something like that, you know, a little more, a little less here and there. Um, but it's interesting that different guys seem to step up um, in different, in different instances. So, you know, you could pick them, the, you know, the Michigan game and you can look at guys like Galloway, or you could look at guys like Geronimo. Um, you can look in the Iowa game, uh, even though he didn't um, have a huge impact consistently through the game, but Miller cop had a couple big threes in that second half. Some of them, it was just like, no, don't shoot it. And then it went in and it was great. You know what I mean? Um, They need to have, I'll say somebody else, because again, if that, the three headed, you you stop those three, those are the three you got to stop, but who else is it going to be? The Geronimo, the Galloway, the the Rob Finnessy, you know, in the Purdue game way back, they got to have contributions from other people. Um, But the confidence uh, is there the momentum is building? Um, yeah, they're they're a scary matchup. They're a confident group, and this is what you want to have um, going into the tournament. So, like I said, I'm excited, um, and I like the matchups. The travel schedule isn't going to be great, um, but like I said, who cares? We're still playing basketball. Andy, I can't remember a player in one season having a a turnaround with the fans like Xavier Johnson has had. Um, I mean, for the first 20 games of the season, I mean, everybody I talked to that was a fan of IU or a fan of the Big Ten, like, man, Xavier makes some bad decisions and so on and so forth. He can't shoot. Uh, he turns it over. He tries to do too much. The end of that first Wisconsin game where we had blew the big lead, he just took every shot down the stretch, and they didn't. they weren't going in. But the last 10 games, I mean, he's he's been great with his decision-making. The pick and roll with him and Trace has added an element that 
has really not been, it wasn't there before uh, during the season. You know, Trace was mainly involved down in the post on the block, but now we're seeing him in pick and roll do a lot more. They got that little lob going. Um, I just think it's interesting that he, and now it's like every, everyone that you hear from, man, Xavier's playing as well as any point guard in the country. Uh, Other coaches are even talking about it as well. Have you seen a guy flip like this in one season or when's the last guy that, that played for IU had such a turnaround. Jared Odell, he didn't flip <laughs> in season, but he was a complete nothing for three years. He barely played, and he was absolutely incredible his senior year when we made the the championship game against Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he would hit a three, he would post up, he'd rebound. There, there's a stretch because I've watched IU Duke many times <laughs> since then when we beat that great Duke team where Jared Odell scored several baskets in a row to keep us in the game, in the hunt. Um, so that's the first name that comes to mind. But in season, I mean, there's players like Andre Patterson, who was incredibly talented, frustratingly inconsistent. And it felt like he finally got to the last 10 games of his senior year, and he finally played, you know, lights out. They ended up losing in the second round to UConn. I think it was Rip Hamilton's team. But yeah, it, it, it is a roller coaster with Xavier. And when he was recruited, he was described as a combustible guy and someone that it struck me that Woodson would have to, you know, teach him to mature and harness his abilities. But I think Nate can speak to this better than I can. I, I think the style of play, honestly, is what's helped him. Like you mentioned, the high pick and roll. He has a great sense of stop start. He, he can sort of drive into the lane and then stop, or he can get partway in and then throw a lob pass. And, and getting Trace on the move just opens things up because what's the easiest thing in the world to defend almost? Trace going one-on-one and then four IU players standing around watching him do it. I mean, my dad and I went to the game in Bloomington against Illinois, and it was just frustrating. Four players standing around and then Trace trying to go one-on-one against a much bigger Kofi Coburn. So I just love the way the offense has changed, to your point, the last 10 games. Getting these guys on the move. Um, but yeah, Xavier, is he's absolutely the reason for the turnaround. When you don't have Galloway and Finnessy for a lot of February, he had to play even more, and he, he's he been great. I mean, he is absolutely the reason that they're a different team today. So I'm excited by him. He seems very mature, which he wasn't the first two months of the year. Yeah, that's great. we put it in. He has been really difficult to guard. He does have this this herky jerky game. It's it's a little quirky. It's a little different than a lot of other point guards you see. But it's it's been really effective. His mid range game has been really effective. It's been getting to the basket and really getting other guys making involved. his free throws too. He's clutch. Yeah. Unlike Miller Cop at the line, he makes his free throws. <laughs> which <laughs> which Mister ninety one percent. Yeah, which leads the free throw in a key spot. Oh, it, it, it was it, that that was that was a tough scene. Which leads me to my next point, Nate. Imagine this team with with a, with a, just a dead eye shooter like Jordan Holes or you know Zaislav, one of those guys. I mean, we just don't have it. I thought I, I thought Miller Cop was going to be that guy. I was hoping Parker Stewart was going to be that guy, but that you cannot rely on them. If if one of them makes you two or three threes a game, you're happy. But you can't, it just, you cannot count on them to make an open shot. And it's pretty unfortunate because I think this team would be really, really good if we had one of those guys in my room. It, it, would, it would be deadly. Um, obviously, as I said, we all know Trace touches the ball every possession. He touches every possession. And then it's just a matter of where it's going to go once he touches it. If you had one, let alone two shooters on the outside, it would be unbelievable. Like you said, your Jordan Holes, uh, your Nick Zyslofs. 
I'll, I'll even throw a James Matt Ross. James Blackman Jr. James Blackman yeah. Jr. Um, <laughs> that would that, that uh, it would be indefensible because you think about. I'll, I'll talk about Purdue briefly. I mean, you, you know, you got your your Sasa Stefanovic and and mm-hmm. other capable shooters. Um, but when you think about the lineup that IU puts out there, I mean, who who is that one guy? If you have to have a three, who is it? And I can't really mean I I I know there's guys that are going to shoot it. Rob Finnessy is going to shoot it. Tamar Bates is going to shoot it when he's in there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do I have confidence that it's going to go in all the time? The answer probably is no. Right. It I I I that guy's probably Miller Cop, but I I don't really have confidence it's going in. Like to your point. Uh, Parker Stewart is incredibly maddening. He missed a, a, a huge wide open three, uh, the Purdue game at the end of the regular season that, that could have won us the game. I just think in today's game, it's unfortunate that they don't have a guy that they can really rely on. Trey Galloway. I love, I love watching him play basketball. It's so much fun. God, he can't shoot. And he's such, he just, (laughs) I just don't want him shooting the ball. That's why I told my brother, I'm like, he is a jump shot away from being a potential all big 10 player next year because of just the variety of things he can do. And he's one of these old school IU guys, except that just can't shoot the basketball. Uh, It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, Last point on IU guys, Andy, if, if they win the, the playing game against Wyoming, they fall to St. Mary's. Is it still a successful season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about where we were a year ago and we lose what our last five games at least. And it's a depressive atmosphere. Nobody's having any fun. The players are playing a very robotic offense. They're playing that antiquated pack line defense whose primary weakness is giving up three point shots. Um, Absolutely. I think given that trace came back, it was reasonable to expect with decent health, we should be a tournament team. But as we saw this year, uh, the big 10 was deep again. And we lost a lot of close games outside of the Purdue game in Bloomington. But I think if you had asked any Indiana fan at the end of the season, you say you guys are going to be in the tournament and you're going to have a point guard who hopefully will play one more year in Xavier Johnson, we all would have taken it. So I will say, you know, St. Mary's is is not that intimidating a five seed to play. They play extremely slow. I know they beat Gonzaga at home, but um, they're not going to blow the doors off you in terms of being an explosive offense. And we're comfortable in a half-court game. You know, we didn't necessarily want to run up and down with Iowa because they can shoot it all over the place. We're comfortable grinding it down, throwing it to Trace. So style-wise, you know, they don't scare me in, in the least. But if we do go out to them, just just for Mike Woodson to be able to go on the recruiting trail and say, hey, I got us to the tournament for the first time since 2016. We won an NCAA tournament game. Uh, we played with the best teams in the conference almost to a standstill come to Indiana. You know, I, I, I've coached and played in the NBA. I played for Bob Knight. I know what this program's about. I think the biggest thing is just being able to take that into, into recruits, you know, living rooms and say, Hey, I I can get us there. I I already got us there in year one. So long-term, we know this team isn't a final four national title team, although hell the way they look the last couple of days, you know, maybe they can make a run, but, um, it's absolutely a success if, if, if they went on Tuesday. Yeah, it's one of the few times I can remember where an IU team is playing well at the right time or playing, maybe they're playing their best that they have all season at the right time. And very few times in the last 25 years, I can really remember that happening. So that's, that is a good thing. And I think you mentioned exposure. Uh, It's what it's all about for recruiting, especially. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what this roster is going to look like next year. There's a lot of, a lot of question marks, uh, a lot of, you know, I think they're over by three scholarships. Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen with this team. So you would hope these guys would rally around each other. And since there's so much unknown, make a one last run at it and, uh, you know, be cool to play into the second weekend. I won't lie. That'd be awesome. But I'll, at this point, I'll take a win against Wyoming. Nate, what's your answer to that uh, question? successful season with with just a tournament uh appearance maybe a play and win uh yeah ditto to everything andy said uh, like i said his point was extremely extremely on point like i said last week i was i was uh updating i wasn't watching the game but i was updating updating it was just same old story here we go you know another disappointing end to another disappointing season and here we are 10 days or not 10 days a week less than that and uh yeah we're, we're talking about the bracket and we're part of it so a thousand percent yes, you know I was excited at the start of the year when we had new new coaching staff and there and there was and there was buzz there was juice and um, I, I think everything that has happened here has only lent more to that. I would expect uh, a really pro Indiana crowd down there in Dayton. I think there's going to be a great atmosphere for that game. I can't say the same all the way out in Portland, um, but you know just just to have a fun March atmosphere being part of it again, a thousand percent success. The Big Ten, it's been a long time since uh, the Big Ten's won a national championship, guys. Uh, there's, I think, two teams that have a, a chance, and it's, it's the two teams we saw today. If you disagree and you think that there's more than that, then we can discuss that. I think there's only two. Um, Purdue and Iowa are the teams I'm talking about. Iowa obviously can go toe-to-toe with anyone in the country offensively. I have questions about their toughness. I have questions about them making stops when it really matters in a grinded-out affair. Purdue is the team that's been there all year. Uh, They've pretty much lived up to the hype for the most part. Um, You know, they have probably a top three or four pick in Jaden Ivey, who is incredible to watch, but – if I were a Purdue fan, I would be maddened by his shot selection, his uh, sort of NBA iso ball, pull up from three nature. Um, and this isn't a traditional Purdue team where they're really solid defensively. Their defensive metrics are really poor. Um, so I have some of the same questions about them as well defensively. How do you guys like their draw, um, how it's set up for them, and do you guys think they can get to the Final Four? Nate? And, and we're starting with Big Ten or just Purdue in general? Purdue, Iowa, if you think anyone else from the Big Ten can make a run, feel free to discuss them. I, Wisconsin okay. was the only other team, but I, I just – I don't see it with Wisconsin. I'm sorry. All right. Well, again, nine teams in, and I, I think it was one of the pundits on the show today said, all right, Big Ten, you know, make a statement. You know, you guys always get all these teams in, and you kind of fizzle out. You know, now is the year with nine. Um just kind of looking across the board here, um, I would agree with the two that you mentioned, uh, the size of Purdue with kind of that two-headed monster inside, and then you got Jay Nivey on the outside. Purdue's going to have a tough road to hoe, though. Um, they're going to have Kentucky in their bracket, and they're going to have Baylor, the defending champ, in their bracket as well. Um, and even if they would get that far, then there's a strong chance you're going to uh, have Gonzaga in the Final Four. So they have a very difficult task ahead of them. Uh, but I could see them, you know, at least sweet 16, maybe elite eight. We'll have to wait and see. Um, 
Michigan State, I'll mention just because I never want to bet against Tom Izzo in March. Um, he always finds a way to get his teams competitive uh, and ready to play, although he's going to have a tough first game against Davidson and then another Michigan State Duke rematch in uh, uh, March. So that's going to be a difficult one, but I never bet against Tom Izzo. Um, Iowa is one of the hottest teams, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country right now, and they can put up a ton of points. And they seem to be playing a little better defense as of late. Um, but I just remember, I think it was last year, maybe when they played Oregon and they, they about gave up a hundred points to, to Oregon. I, I just don't trust Iowa, um, in March, w- Wisconsin, they kind of got that ugly grinded out physical style of play. I don't know how Johnny Davis is feeling. I know he got nicked up in the regular season finale and didn't play a ton or his normal workload in the big 10 tournament. So that would be the big question mark, uh, for him. If he would be at full strength, I could see them progressing. Um, but outside of those three, like I said, Illinois, no, Ohio State, no, Michigan. I I, I was I about fell over when I saw their their seating. Um, so the, those three would be uh, would be the ones that I would uh, have any any thought on. Purdue does have a tough bracket. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, like you said, potentially. I mean, I think I think it's a fairly, I mean, a fairly straightforward first round of game against Yale. But Virginia Tech, if they could beat Texas, they're playing really well, winning the ACC tournament, and then getting through them will be Kentucky potentially down the road. Uh, Iowa, on the other hand, uh, you know, that's everything you mentioned. I agree with a hundred percent. You know, I think I think their draw is is fairly decent until you're talking about Kansas, who a team that I I think is maybe the best team in the country on both sides of the ball. If you talk about offensive defensive metrics, um, and uh, having a future lottery pick as well, that you know you need one of those guys this time of year in this tournament to kind of take over at times. So that's going to be a tough ask to beat Kansas if they get that far. Andy, your take on those teams or any other Big Ten teams? I do like Iowa because, first off, they got the easiest 12 seed, Richmond, who played a garbage game today against Davidson, who also is a garbage team. <laughs> and Iowa is going to blow the doors off Richmond. And then you have the weakest four seed, Providence, who I love Al Durham. He was all class at IU. He always plays plays hard. He had a clutch three against Butler, I think it was on Friday, to get them to advance. But then they turn around, and I think they lost by 30 in the semifinal. Yeah. Creighton. and. All the all the I I bet a little on sports for fun and all the uh, professional bettors drive themselves crazy with Providence because they've had such incredible luck this year in close games. So I think Iowa just rolls through them. But I, I take your point. It's Kansas is the team that would would trip them up if they got there. Or Auburn with uh, Jabari Davis, the future number one pick. But they they can they can score with anybody. And I think they went from playing no defense the first two and a half months to. The last three weeks, I looked at something that said they're at least playing some defense now. And I know the teams might have been tired today, but Purdue was held into the 60s. What, 65 points today? Um, so they, they could get there. Illinois is the team I didn't hear you guys mention that I actually do like. I like them more if Corbello doesn't play key moments because it seems like if he plays 20 minutes or more, their record is terrible. Um, he makes a lot of dumb decisions with the ball. But they, they've got the big man, Coburn, down low. They've got shooters. Um, and Houston, you know, feisty team, but they're not that talented. They should, they should get past that. And then 
Arizona looked really good last night when I watched them against UCLA, but I just go back to the reason why the big 10 has a chance this year. Ultimately guys, there's no team this year as dominant as Baylor or Gonzaga was last year. So if there's no truly great team out there, and I believe that there isn't, Mm. I think several of these big 10 teams are capable of knocking off some of these high seeds. I'm with Nate. I think Michigan state's got a real chance against Duke. The thing that would worry me there is the narrative. Consciously or subconsciously, if you're a referee, does Duke get, instead of getting three or four more calls in a key game, do they get eight or nine? Because we have to keep the Coach K story alive. Um, That's what would worry me. If I was Michigan State and I'm playing them close, am I going to lose on a couple 50-50 calls? Um, But if I had to to bet my money, I I think Purdue is probably the team that, that could win it all just because Iowa's stuck with Kansas and Auburn in their region. I, th- I think Purdue's better than Kentucky. I think Kentucky, I've bet on them four times this year. They've let me down each time. Ty Ty Washington gets frustrating to me. Um, and then, you know, Baylor is good, but they're not what they were last year. And Purdue, I mean, I, to me, I just go, you're right about Ivy's decision-making, but they can score with anybody. And, and in the tournament, they can score inside, they can score outside. And here's the other thing. I, I, equate them to 2009 North Carolina. Not as good, that Tyler Hansborough team, but that was a team that had a defense in the 40s or 50s most of the year with a top one or two offense. And then they started to give a crap the last two weeks of the season and in the postseason and played really good defense. I think Purdue could be that team. They have a top five offense. Their defense has not been that great this year. But what if they just try hard? They just they actually just execute for 40 minutes on defense. They put the effort in because their season's on the line. I don't know. Um, so yeah. I, I would lean toward you guys with Purdue and Iowa, but I do think Illinois has got a shot as well. Um, yeah, I kind of overlooked Illinois. That, that's that's my fault. Obviously, a dominant big man in Coburn. Um, some nice pieces around him. Trent Frazier, Curbelo, who was really pissing me off uh, the game Friday. <laughs> that guy is so maddening to play, but God, God he's so good at times. Um, it's funny, uh, Andy, you mentioned the South Dakota state Providence game. I, I that's, I, that's a foreshadowing of a potential upset of mine. I want to talk about that one in a second. Um, let's talk about the East region real quick. Maybe give me your final four pick or an upset you like. Uh, I guess we'll start out in the West region. Uh, top seed Gonzaga there. Um, you, you know, they got the talented Slenderman, Chet Holmgren, going to be a top five pick. Um, I think that, I think that their team is really, really good. And I, I know Andy, you, you said they're not as good as last year and that may be true, but they may not have to be. I think this team is, I agree some, with that. At some point, they're going to have to either um, get this thing done, or just—I mean, this—this this is their this is their opportunity to really finally get a national title. I think everyone expected it to be last year, um, and then losing surprisingly to Baylor. I, I again, I think they they probably advance in this region. Um, you know, you you got the whole potential regional final with with Duke and Coach K going out. Um, Texas Tech is, a, is an interesting team. If if Duke would play them in the Sweet 16, they really play a, a defensive-minded uh, brand of basketball. Can't They struggle to score, though. I just don't see a lot of challengers here to Gonzaga. Arkansas was the team I was interested in a couple weeks ago. They, their momentum has slowed a little bit. Um, I think Gonzaga, on paper, should roll through this region because 
if, if it came down to a Gonzaga Duke regional final, I don't trust Duke to be able to slow anyone down at this point, it, even with all those uh, potential first round picks Duke has on their roster. Nate, who you like out West? Yeah. Um, I'll try and keep it short here. Uh, I, I, at first glance, I think Gonzaga has a, a compared to the other one seeds as a, as a, as an easier path to the final. Um, like I said, on the bottom half, I'm, I'm, I would really like to see that Duke, uh, really any game with Duke along the way. And you both said, you know, Duke, Michigan state would be unbelievable. Uh, Duke, Texas tech at Duke would win and play Gonzaga. Duke's youth scares me. But then on the other end of that, their Duke is pretty young every single year and they're really good every year. So the, the youth of Duke kind of scares me. Uh, but I would love to see a Gonzaga Duke elite eight matchup uh, and then Gonzaga moving, uh, moving past there to, you know, to finally have coach K um, in his last game. Andy chalk as well for you there. Yeah, I like Gonzaga. I agree with you guys. They've got the easiest region of the four one seeds. I think one thing, just a couple upset specials that I do like, I think Vermont against Arkansas. Um, Vermont plays that five out offense. If, if you got to see any of them this weekend, they, they can shoot the ball all over the court. We've seen Vermont, I think, advance the NCAA tournament before. Um, and Arkansas is such a herky jerky up tempo team. They look terrible against Texas AM um yesterday. And they, they can just, I don't know, they can shoot themselves out of a game. They're really reckless with the ball. I think Vermont is the type of team that, that would have a good shot. The other one I like is uh, the UConn game against New Mexico State. Uh, UConn plays slow. New Mexico State plays slow. And I just don't think UConn has, has been that impressive this year. I would lean a little bit toward New Mexico State. But I'm with you guys. I think Gonzaga takes that region pretty handily. The only team that Give some trouble is maybe Texas Tech because of their defense. But yeah, I think Gonzaga is a likely pick moving forward. Yeah, I thought UConn was overseeded a little bit as well there. And I do like the Vermont play. That's that's one that I one team I was gonna kind of follow where where their draw was. And you know, that's that's that could be one of those chalk upset picks that you might see 13 or 12 seed. Um Unbelievable record, and like you said, they can really score. Uh, East, East region, Baylor, the top seed there. We've already talked a little bit about Purdue on the bottom half. Kentucky, they're down there as well. Um, UCLA, of course, what they did last year in the tournament, we recognize. I think they were a bit of a disappointment this year. They're coming at the four seed. Um, Nate, your take on this region as far as this one is a little bit more up in the air. I think uh, Baylor, of course, following up what they did after losing a lot of their roster last year was pretty impressive. This is not the same team, though. Kentucky, young, athletic. Uh, they've been playing their best the last couple of weeks as well. But, again, this, is, this to me feels like three teams could potentially get through. Who do you like? Yeah, there, there's a lot of fun matchups or potential matchups as you kind of look down the way here. Um, I see Baylor. Uh, I think of Baylor. North Carolina could be a fun little round two there. Uh, I would love to see if uh, you know Indiana takes care of business on Tuesday and then they take care of business against St. Mary's. A couple of Blue Bloods, IU, UCLA. I think that would be a fun matchup uh, in the round of 32. Um, I, Purdue. Um, 
is going to I should win easily. That Texas Virginia Tech matchup is interesting because as Andy mentioned, Virginia Tech's a hot team, so that's no gimme for Texas. Um, but as as you go progress down the way there, um, I, I I I see Baylor and Kentucky. Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, uh, I'm kind of leaving Kentucky a little bit to get out of that region. Uh, that, that's hard for me to actually speak those words, uh, but. Yeah, Kentucky one, and then probably Baylor uh, would be would be the other. Andy, yeah, my I think I'm with you, Phil. I think this is the hardest region to pick in many ways. Um, where I look at it is, I do like Virginia Tech over Texas. You remember Marcus Carr was at Minnesota. He still makes a lot of up and down decisions, and they're a team full of transfers. I think the way Virginia Tech peaked late. Advanced metrics are kind of Virginia Tech as well, the way the guards can shoot the three. Um, and then even Murray State is actually a pretty darn good team. A, a Kentucky team that does have some youth. They're not as young as they have been, but I could see that being a tricky game. Um, but ultimately, I, I just I know they haven't been to the Final Four, um, but I, I, I do like Purdue in this spot. I just I think they have the most explosive offense in that region. And I just go back to, I don't think Baylor is quite as good as they were last year. To me, they're more on the same level as a Purdue. Um, but wouldn't it be great if IU kept kept the magic going somehow, right? And and got in there and yeah. went up against Johnny Juzang on Saturday and knocked those guys mm-hmm. out and then take out Baylor. And then, oh, can you imagine if we played Purdue in the Elite Eight or, oh or Kentucky? <laughs> oh, but that's why it's fun to be in the bracket, right? We haven't been able yeah. to dream. For years. That's true. That's so true. I'm trying to bottle up tonight all the way. Well, unfortunately for us till Tuesday of just <laughs> being excited about possibilities for once. It's I had forgotten how much I missed this nervous energy. I don't know about you guys, but it just feels different when your favorite teams in the, in the bracket. So I'm just trying to appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Everything you said, uh, you, it's, it's your tendency to kind of just look past your first game and see, who, who do we play in the Sweet 16? And what if? Uh, th- that's 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 the fun part about the tournament. Um, I think maybe the best first-round game that no one will care about, um, but on paper is going to be pretty fun. Murray State-San Fran is going to be really good. Two top 30 Ken Palm teams. Murray State, as you mentioned, they've won 20 in a row. Their last loss was against Auburn in December. So this is a really hot team, and if they could get through – you never know. Some of those teams that are really experienced college teams playing a really young, talented team, say like a Kentucky, you've seen it before. Those kind of teams really give uh, young teams trouble. Um, but I do like Purdue here in this region as well. I don't I don't feel good about it, but I just I've thought all year long that Purdue's a Final Four team. Uh, I've seen everything I needed to see what what's what their ceiling is. You know, this is a betting podcast. We talk about betting people's ceilings as far as uh, when we do our golf shows, betting uh, a golfer's ceiling, betting a team ceiling. Purdue's ceiling is a Final Four team. And if they play their best, if you are getting your best out of Jaden Ivey, Trevion Williams down to the block, and you guys got like Stefanovic knocking in threes, uh, Edie coming off the bench, just being the big goon that he is and scoring 15 points a game. This team's going to be really tough out in, in the tournament. So I, I'm with you. I'm going to go with Purdue as well in this in this region. Um, I hate saying it as well, though. Just it just it It's a gross feeling for sure. South region. Uh, Arizona is a team that has been really, really good uh, uh, the whole way, the whole season. And, and 
I guess a bit surprisingly, considering how how young their roster is and and the coaching situation, how that all fell out. Um, there they'll have Villanova in their bracket as well in the bottom. Uh, a team that is just, I mean, Villanova is just like a they're like a sure thing now, and they're I mean, Jay Wright has really built. Uh, a bit of a dynasty there. Tennessee winning the SEC tournament and being really on a run the last couple of weeks. I thought they might get a two seed. Uh, I told Nate I thought they were underseeded as a three. That's that could be a real Titanic matchup uh, in the Sweet 16 there. And we mentioned Illinois up top. Houston is a team that they made run to the Final Four last year under Kelvin Sampson. They've been solid all year. Nate, anything you see here that would you know, lends you to think that Arizona is not going to get out of this region. Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, and there's going to be definitely challenges along the way. Um, just kind of looking down the line there. Um, I see them winning, uh, getting a sweet 16 easily over Seton Hall TCU. Houston and or Illinois could present a challenge and then uh, going to the elite aid there. Uh, that Tennessee Villanova matchup, if that happens, would be um, a great one to see as well. Um, you know, I, it, I see Arizona moving forward out of that region, but again, I don't see it being, um, a lock necessarily. Uh, but I would be, uh, be leading Arizona in that, in that South, South region. Right. Yeah. And then, and then for me, in, in this one, what stands out is, uh, First of all, as an IU fan, knowing that if we had beaten Iowa, we're probably in Michigan spot playing Colorado State in Indianapolis. Uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But um, I mean, when when I Colorado find... State came up, I was like, "Oh, please be Indiana, please." Oh yeah, I was hoping <laughs> the same thing. I was like, "This would be perfect." Yeah. Um, I find Tennessee confounding because I've watched them play multiple times this year. They're really, really good defensively. Obviously, they just won the SEC tournament, but they have Rick Barnes who always has been able to recruit, but I mean, he had Kevin Durant and he lost in the first round of the tournament, which sticks with me. And I just remember lots of early tournament flameouts. and it's weird. I don't think of him as a bad coach per se, but he has a way of underachieving in the tournament that I don't know what it is. So I can't trust them as a high seed Villanova. I agree with your point about Jay Wright. I mean, he's turned him in one of the best programs in the country. I just think this particular Nova team isn't nearly as talented I mean, Colin Gillespie's been there, what, five, six years. They play kind of a grind-it half-court game. They post up their their guards, and they don't really have much size. They execute well. I mean, in close situations, I guess that means they, they, they can advance. But I think a more talented, explosive team, whether that's Arizona or somebody else, could shoot them off the court. So I, I'm with you guys. I think Arizona's the likely team to come out of it. I guess if I had one... Um, hesitation, it would be a team like Illinois in the Sweet 16, who I think is every bit as talented as Arizona. And Arizona is one of those teams that likes to get up-tempo. If you guys watched the game last night, they're really impressive when they get the speed of the game up. That Benedict uh, Mathurin, might have the pronunciation wrong. I mean, 6 feet 6, 210 pounds, very impressive. But what if you make them play a half-court game? And like you said, they are young. Um, but I think they're the safest pick outside mm-hmm. of Illinois. So. Uh, I just saw this Arizona's fifth in offense, eighth in tempo. So that that, that goes along with your pace uh, description of, of how they play. Uh, 
I like Zona here as well. I, it's a great point about Villanova. I think they've overachieved a bit uh, this season with their talent. Gillespie is the Big East version of Jordan Bohannon or Brad Davison. You, you know, it's like, how long can they but be there? Puncher. Oh, my God. Um, but, I yeah, I, I, I think Arizona is, is clearly the most talented team. I got to say, though, guys, look at the, the most fun player in the tournament. Is Jelly Walker for UAB, the Conference US, USA Player of the Year? He is, he, uh, their semifinal game, I think it was on Friday, the four overtime game where they beat, uh, who do they beat? Gosh, I forget now, but uh, he had, I think he had about 40. He put, I think he made eight threes. This guy is so much fun to watch, and I just love his name as well. Um, he might be one of those guys that, parlays a performance into an upset over Houston. I'm not necessarily calling it, but he just is someone to watch. Got some Uh, Bryce Drew, Trevor Huffman in him. (laughs) Potentially. Yeah. Um, And that's also, you know, the the classic 12 over five upset that, that you got to pick at least one uh, every year. Last region is the Midwest region. Uh, I mentioned Kansas. I, I, they're, they're going to be my pick to win the title. I, I think they just have everything you need to uh, prevail this time of year. Um, I, I like them on both ends of the floor. Um, they're plus 1,000 to win it all. That's a $100 bet to win $1,000. I love Kansas. Um, I would love to see them beat Iowa, obviously. Um, I was I was telling um, my kid and my wife that I, I kind of hate Iowa now after this weekend. And um, I, I frame it, the Fran McCaffrey thing's been there for a long time, but now, now, I mean, that's just been, that's been a constant really since he's been in the big 10, but now. How does he I, not get a technical foul walking over to IU's bench? Right. That? Right. So I had to explain to my wife that, yeah, that guy, he's got like the worst temper and he throws these tantrums like you've never seen. Uh, it doesn't look like it, but it's a real thing. Uh, Nate, your thoughts on this region? Yeah, again, just looking up and down, I think Kansas um, is pretty strong here. I don't see a whole lot of resistance down the line. Um, I think you mentioned South Dakota State earlier. I think that'll be a fun little game uh, in the 13-4 matchup. I'm anxious to see how Wisconsin does representing the Big Ten. And like I mentioned, you know, with Johnny Davis being a little nicked up, maybe not at 100%. Um, Auburn with Bruce Pearl, been there not too long ago. Uh, So that's another team to maybe keep an eye on. Uh, But I really hope uh, that Kansas, if they beat or if they meet Iowa, just take care of business in a, in a, just a a, a handy, tidy fashion. Um, And then, yeah, I I see, I see Kansas uh, going into uh, going to the final four out of the Midwest. Well, I would say this to your Kansas point, Nate, um, and Phil, the Big 12 was number one in Ken Pomeroy this year by a pretty decent margin. And they were the best team in the conference. And they're obviously, you guys have watched them too. They're just really balanced. Obviously, Self's been there, done that. Um, so I think that's a very, very smart, safe pick. Uh, I would note also the ACC is sixth in power conferences for Ken Pomeroy. So if you have any hesitation filling out your bracket, uh, despite maybe Virginia Tech last night, you might want to lean against the ACC teams if you're 50-50 on some of these games. Uh, But but in terms of that region, other than Kansas, um, I think, yeah, I think Auburn, because they've got the best player in the country, Mm -hmm. you know, you you, you can't discount that. 
Um, you know, we've seen superstars put teams on their back like Carmelo Anthony and what the Jabari Davis do to six feet 10. He shoots threes. My God. Um, yeah, I mean, he, th- th- they're, they're explosive. And the SEC was second in Ken Pomeroy rating. So Auburn's obviously a, a very worthy team. Um, there's sometimes the committee bothers me, though. Like, you look at a game like LSU and Iowa State. How does Iowa State deserve an 11th seed? I mean, they look terrible in the Big 12 tournament. And then LSU just fired their coach. Um, so I think Wisconsin, even though their grinded style can sometimes cause them to lose early, they actually drew a pretty good road there, at least until they get to Auburn. Um, but I don't know how you can't pick either Kansas or Iowa if they outshoot them. Like I said, is the one team I think could could maybe do it. But I, I would lean toward Kansas if I had to pick. So. Yeah, we mentioned Auburn, obviously a great start to the season, 19 wins in a row, but they were only five and three their last eight games and really struggled down the stretch. Um, so it's not it's not one of those teams that you got good vibes about coming into the tournament where they're necessarily playing their best. You see these teams maybe once one or two a year where they're they're one or two seed, but their best basketball was in November, December. I, I like the teams that are building and uh you know, they, they're playing their best coming into the tournament. Um, Providence, South Dakota State, we were talking about that one a little bit earlier. Uh, Vegas is very, very high on South Dakota State. Providence is only a one-and-a-half point favorite over the 13th seed. Um, so I, that's, that's, that's a game that you have to pay attention to uh, if you're looking for an upset pick. Um, uh, South Dakota State, lethal offense, uh, Led the nation in effective field goal percentage almost 60%. So this team that can shoot, they ran through the Summit League all year. Um, so it might be too popular of a pick. Every every time there's a popular upset pick, then I get a little, a little wary of those situations. But uh, that's one to look at. Um, what else, Nate, from, from your standpoint? Your final four is? Um, going through it. And like I said, I usually do a couple drafts, you know, I'll do the first one and then kind of review it and then review it again. Um, but on, I'll say the left side of the bracket, all all things considered the whole bracket's pretty chalky, to be honest with you. Uh, I had Gonzaga, uh, over Duke in the West. Uh, I have Kentucky over Baylor in the East. Uh, I put, uh, Arizona, over Tennessee in the South, and then uh, Kansas uh, over Auburn in the Midwest. So three number ones, and then Kentucky is my is my number two. And and I'm with you on the three ones as well. And my only difference is I have Purdue uh, instead of Kentucky. Andy, where are you where are you settling with a, a preliminary final? I've got Gonzaga. That's the one I feel most confident in coming out of the West. I still like Purdue in the East to match up against Gonzaga. And I am going to pick Arizona to come out of the South. Um, I'm going to go with Iowa in the Midwest because to me, you just have to have a seed that's at least somewhat off the top three line. And I got to make a move somewhere. So I'm going to pick Iowa just to find a way to outshoot Kansas in that game. Plus there's something about narratives with, with these big events I believe I, I want to say Lute Olson had a connection to Iowa. Maybe he was mm-hmm. a coach at Iowa, right? He Before was, he yeah. went to Arizona. Yep. I could see us watching, you know, sports channels for the week leading up to the final four, talking about the connection between Arizona and Iowa. Um, are we picking winners yet? Yeah, go ahead. 
Okay. Um, I like Purdue to beat Gonzaga, and I like um, Arizona to beat Iowa. And I think just because Tom Brady has announced that he's coming back, this means Purdue's going to win a national championship. So I'm going to go with the Boilermakers, uh, despite how much it may hurt us Hoosier fans. Uh, They get the Big Ten off the schneid and uh, Mm. cut down the nets. So, Yeah, we would – I mean, it would be – it's it's something we we have over Purdue fans right now. The oh, you've never been to a Final Four. Now, I mean, if they win the championship this year, it would be semi devastating to us as a fan base. <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy as a Big Ten Big Ten fan, but it would be tough. It'd be a tough scene, no doubt. Nate, who are you taking? Um, I've got on the again on the West East. Uh, I got Gonzaga moving on over Kentucky. Um, and then I have Arizona moving on over Kansas. Um, as much as I, I don't really, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to put this, you know, Gonzaga was there last year, you know, maybe the kind of the, the revenge tour mentality. Um, I, 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 I just don't see it. I think Arizona's young and explosive and exciting. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Arizona, uh, over Gonzaga. Okay. Gonzaga just can't get over the hump. I'm taking Kansas over Gonzaga. Uh, I I think again this will be their first championship since 08. Um, Ochai Ochi is that his uh, Agbaji? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, okay. something like that. Yeah, that's that's the guy that I'm looking at to to lead the way. Um, Bill Self. Got the old old Big Ten coach face that I don't like, but he is a great coach, <laughs> and I can't deny it. And uh, I think that Kansas uh, cuts down the Nets this year. Um, guys, any any other final thoughts on the tournament um, from a viewing perspective? Um, are you guys in a position to watch some of the Thursday Friday action? I, I know I am because I'm taking. Thursday and Friday off of work. So I've positioned that for the last three months to happen. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's glad to see. I'm glad to hear that some things never change, Phil. That's, 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 that's good. That's been kind of like a ritual for you for about as long as I've known you. Um, so that's, that, that, that's good that you're, you know, that's, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have them on, um, yeah, really all day or when they come on Thursday and, uh, and Friday. And then I, I think a pretty good chunk of the weekend too. So yeah, we got, we got time set aside to, uh, to have some quality viewing it. And it, it's fun now, you know, um, that, you know, the, the kids are kind of aware of what's going on and they, you know, they kind of have their banter back and forth and they fill out a bracket and some of them, you know, like, like the little, the little guy just to want, fill one out. He has no idea, but it's kind of a, it's kind of, it's a different dynamic. We'll, we'll say it that way, but it's, it's going to be a ton of fun. And I own my own law practice, um, between my partner and myself. So I can do what I want. And when I'm in the <laughs> office, that means, uh, putting my, uh, iPhone up against behind my keyboard. Maybe I'll have the sound off or I'll have the sound on at a low volume. So I can have a game on like I, that's how I watched IU Illinois on Friday while still actually getting some work done. So I will definitely be paying close attention thanks to modern technology. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's the best kind of grind. I'm sure I I can't remember if you guys have been to Vegas before, but it's one of the all time great experiences to, to be in a sports book 
for the first round of the tournament and there's four games on every three hours and you just you're just excited beyond belief and you have people cheering or people you know upset um now of course from our phones we, we can bet ourselves which is also a lot of fun but um I don't know if you guys do sponsors or not, but FanDuel has a free, risk-free $100 bet, up to $100, which I've already partaken in. So even if you bet $100 and you is lose, you get your Is that just for new back. customers? No, it's for it's a promotion for existing FanDuel customers. Uh, 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 so I, you, you just have to have minus 200 odds yeah. or better. So I, I did some long shot parlay on like seven games because I'm like, well, this is a free 100 bucks. May as well try and win four grand on a long shot. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's a best time of year. Right. And, um, it's a tradition for us sports fans, those first two days of the tournament. So I'm just trying to soak it in and, um, hopefully we get our nervous energy out of the way Tuesday night. Right. Um, in a good way. So. Yeah. I I think the, the, the first, I guess the first weekend, the, the first two rounds is maybe the best weekend of the year for a sports fan. I remember as a kid hoping that, IU would be on the the local CBS game. Now we we're, we're you know we have it where we can watch four games at a time, of course, and on your phone and and so forth. We remind ourselves what True TV is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like oh, the one time a year I, I turn it over to True TV, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, it's 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 an embarrassment of riches now compared to what it used to be, but uh, should be great. I've already bet IU minus three and a half against Wyoming. I did that before we went. Yeah, out. I got them at minus four, but that's kudos getting at minus three and a half yeah. right when it released. Yeah. Feels like a steal. I hope that uh, that that comes true. Uh, guys, Andy, Nate, this was fun. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, you bet. Anytime. Thanks, Phil. Hey, it was a privilege to be on this. I, it was a lot of fun, and uh, best of luck to all of our brackets, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I'd love to have you back. Uh, anytime you want to come on, talk anything sports, betting, or, uh, you know, some way we can resonate, at whatever it is, I'm good. Um, I'm game. Count me in. Just let me know. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening to your best bets. We'll have our Players' Championship recap pod later in the week, and... Uh, uh, maybe some NCAA tournament picks up uh, before the games go live Thursday. So thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye.